while this is uh, taking off over here, I want to say thank you so much for not only the opportunity to be able to be here today, but the partnership that you all have in the ministry. It's exciting, like I said before, to uh, okay. There we go. Um, it's exciting to watch God working, but it's exciting to be able to partner with you all here, reaching others with the Word of God. Our main focus, of course, as we've said before, is make sure the people have the Bibles and get into the Word. The relationship is so important, and that's what we do. And so we do want to think, say from the bottom of our heart, thank you. We really appreciate you all. And uh, we enjoy sharing with you what we have. This morning, um, Brother Allen took care of most of it, but I want to say this morning, the message really fits with the song service. So those who picked out the songs, thank you so much. It fits right in what we're saying. Um, Often people ask, what is life all about? What's the meaning? Why are we here? It's a question that's been asked over and over again, especially amongst young people. So we want to look at some of that this morning. But before we do, let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, we want to say thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share it. Thank you for the privilege of being able to speak to these fine people. Lord, you are holy, and you are worthy of praise and glory. And so we bow humbly before your throne, knowing that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords, and focusing on you through your word, through Jesus we pray. Amen. As we begin this morning, if you will turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. I want to look at the first six verses. We say, what is the meaning about? What is life all about? Well, life is about choices. We make choices every day. You made choices to be here today. Others have made choices that are not here. But we make choices every day and consistently throughout the day. But how do we make wise choices Let's read the scriptures, beginning in Proverbs chapter 2. Let's look at the first six verses. This is my son. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is necessary in our life, whether young or old, to make wise choices. People make poor choices all the time, whether they're lay people in the pastorate or in the ministry of missions or other areas. People are making poor choices consistently. Why? 
why, how, how do others make wise choices? With each of our choices comes consequences that shape our lives and affect those not only ourselves, but those around us, our family members, our friends, and our neighbors. So our choices are important, and we should not take them lightly. I want to show you a slide. Look carefully at Wilson, him and his wife, Marlene, we work with. Look closely at the right side of his head. He made a choice. And while we were talking to him, he said, he said, I am close to God. And I said, I could not tell it by your life. And he said, why is that? I said, your actions, your choices do not prove that you are close to God. He said, well, even when I am drunk, I pray. He said, I always pray in the morning, I always pray at night. He said, so I'm close to God. I said, no, that does not make you close to God. I said, look at your choice. He chose to get drunk. And then he chose to get on a motorcycle without a helmet. And losing his balance, he fell off that motorcycle and landed on a concrete slab. He was in the hospital for several months, not expecting to live. But God gave him a second chance. And we were able to meet with him and get him a Bible. He'd never had one. But in his, quote-unquote, religion, and that's all he had, no relationship, He thought, well, as long as I pray, I'm okay. And I hear it often from the pulpit anymore. If you are born again, you're okay. And it's not true. Born again, just being born again, doesn't make you already fit to live a Christian life and make wise choices. It does not. You need the Word. You need to know The word, as it says here, if you want to understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, you need to listen to what he says from his mouth, his word. It should be our focus here. The relationship through the word of God is vital. It's our lifeline. It's all we have. It's all we need to be able to make the wise choices. So, Wilson made a choice. Now it has affected Marlene, his grandkids that stay with him, the children, and the neighbors around there. Now, I want to show you another one. Look at this little feller. When we first saw Mr. Victor, I looked at him and I told my wife, I said, he's on his death door. He's on his deathbed right there. I said, I figured he's about nine months old, thoroughly, extremely malnourished. My wife looked at me and said, you're overreacting. I said, no, I'm not. I said, if we don't do something immediately, this boy is going to die. 
So I went, after we visited and found little Mr. Victor, I went immediately to the barangay captain, the area around us, the, the official, and I said, we've got to do something. There's a boy back in the woods here, back up on the hills. He's dying. Literally, he's dying. And the barangay captain says, well, I didn't know about any. I said, it doesn't matter whether you know or not. He is dying. He is there. He said, well, we can't do anything without the barangay health official making an investigation. And I said, I don't know if he has that much time. I said, but you need to do something. I said, we've already contacted uh, a doctor. She's willing to see him. The parents are willing to send him. And we will take care of the responsibility. I just need permission. Because the doctor can't do anything without your permission. He said, well, I have to have the health official's permission. So we went to the health official and they said, "Uh, there's no boy back there. I said, oh, yes, there is. I said, I just saw him. They said, no, that boy died a long time ago. And I said, oh, no. I said, he's alive. But he's going to die if we don't do something. Well, she was not willing to do anything. Annabelle had a friend that knew somebody in the government higher up, and so we went to him. And through him, he made a phone call to his officials, and they put pressure on the Brungai health official to give us permission. But it took 30 days to do all of that red tape. We got him to the hospital. We got him in, and when we checked him in, we found out something very astonishing. That boy was not nine months old. He was six years old. He was about 30 inches long. He weighed six kilos, which is about, is, is about 12 to 15 pounds. Six years old. Well, that decision, we talked to the parents and said, why is he like this? And the mother said, well, we made a decision not to breastfeed him. And they could not afford the proper milk. So they fed him what we call rice water. When you boil the rice, you have the white milk on top or the white water on top. And that's all he got for six years from a bottle when they had the money to get the rice. He couldn't do anything about it. Now, the consequences of their decision has not only affected them, but it's affected him. Poor decision. They knew they didn't have any money. And what they do spend, much of it's on alcohol also. They have, what, five kids or six kids? in a small bamboo hut with a dirt floor. And they leave the youngest one, the four-year-old, to take care of Mr. Victor because the rest are in school. And they're out running around somewhere, not wanting to spend any time with him. They're embarrassed by him. But it was their choice that made him this way. It's a choice. Another poor choice. So, we need to know about the Word. 
Job 23.12, shared here, says that in the King James, he says, esteem the word of God above your necessary food, physical food. The spiritual food that you get from the word of God is more important than the physical food that we have each day that sustains us. And Job recognized that. Even though he was suffering, he recognized that. We need to also recognize how important the Word of God is in our lives and the relationship that we get through it and prayer and a focus on our Savior. It's vital. We also need to learn the word. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, open the door. Open the door to Jesus, and he will fellowship with you. Well, how do you do that? You open the word. This is his. From cover to cover, front to back, Every portion is about our Lord and Savior. So he says, open the door. Have that fellowship with him through his word. Joshua 1.8, meditate on the word daily. Only then can you understand what God has for us. This morning, it was shared that uh, in, in, the, in the reading of the Scripture they had, that he has something abundant, more than we can fathom, more than we could humanly understand, waiting for us. In the future, for those who love him. Well, how do you love him? You love his word. You focus on his word daily. Not a portion, but it be the focus of our life. Many people say, oh, well, I do my devotions. I have five minutes with my Savior. And then the rest of the day is mine. Well, I'm sorry, he created us. We are his. We are not our own. We are bought with a price, and that price was a great price. So we need not focus on our desires. We need to focus on his desires. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 Moses was telling the people, he was reiterating uh, and thinking about all the travels that they had done over the wilderness in the last 40 years from Egypt and heading into the land of Canaan, right before he heads up the mountain to, to die. He was telling the people, listen, you need to teach the word. 
Gather the people together that they may hear, that they may understand the fear of the Lord. They need to learn it. We cannot take this word lightly. It's got to be our life because it's our lifeline to wisdom and understanding, to making right decisions, and to being able to follow him through it. So it's vital. We need to love the word. We need to learn the word. And as we learn the word, we can lean on God through his word. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. You've got to lean on him through his understanding of the word. And how is that obtained? You need to be led by the Holy Spirit, praying diligently, asking for the Spirit to guide you through the Word. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the author of the Word. And He will guide you through it, giving you an understanding that you never could thought possible. It is so, so important. John chapter 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word. In verse 14, it became flesh. Jesus, the incarnate. God from the beginning and always has been and always will be. But he's the word. Revelation 19, 13 reiterates that and says, listen. Jesus is the word of God. And focus your life on him. It's imperative as we follow. So what we do, I want to share a little bit. What we do is the first thing we generally do when we go into an area is we say, we'd like to study the Bible with you. And most of them will say, well, we don't have Bibles. And I said, we will provide Bibles for you in your language. As I shared before, the Philippines has 1,500 different languages. We work amongst the people that speak four or five. We have Bibles in two of those languages. The national language is Tagalog. We, ha- we provide Bibles in Tagalog. And the area that we work with amongst the Igorots, they speak Ilocano as their main language. And we have availability to have Bibles in the Ilocano language as well. They have a small problem, though, when they, as they grow up, they're speaking Ilocano, but they don't always read Ilocano, because in school, they don't learn to read it. They learn the Tagalog. So we make sure both are available, and we are able to obtain those for just 
around $3 or so, $3.50 or so each. And so we buy several of them. Every time we go into town, we buy several, and we keep them at the house. So when we go out into the different areas, the first thing we do is get a Bible in their hands and begin studying the Word with these people. The Word of God changes lives. Like I said before, when we were shared here a few months ago, we have one of the young men that we commissioned in the Bible school that graduated, started out when he came, was an alcoholic. His wife was going to leave him. But now he's in the Word, and it has changed his life. He encourages his wife now to be in the Word because it's his lifeline. And he realizes how important it is. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is what's responsible for changing my life and my wife's life. It's the Word. It's our lifeline. It's our hope. It gives us the information... And the Holy Spirit gives us the understanding to know Him. Think about this. Eli, in the book of the, in Samuel, Eli had two children. Both of them were priests in the ministry. But Samuel, as he got older, understood But God told Eli, your sons do not know me. So God wants us to know him. And we need to know him through his word. It can't be part of our life. It needs to be the wholehearted devotion, the wholehearted focus of where we're going. It's what we're all about. So we need to love that word. We need to learn that word. We need to lean on that word. So through it, we can live it. You can't live it if you don't learn it. And you can't live it because we do not have the power in ourselves to be able to live it in our power. We must have the Spirit's power to live the Word. Jesus was telling, in the book of Luke, Jesus was telling his followers, blessed is the person who not only hears the Word of God, but keeps it. Learn, live, love, and you can focus on God. It's important, and I can't emphasize it enough. Let's turn over to Ephesians. 
Let's look at Ephesians real quick. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. The inheritance What we have for our future is the kingdom. And we keep our focus on that kingdom knowing that we must be qualified. And those qualifications are holiness and righteousness in this life. And the only way to obtain that is love this word. Learn this word. Lean on Jesus through the Holy Spirit, being led by him to live the word. Making those wise choices which result in righteousness. James chapter 3 If you will turn with me, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Wisdom. We consistently, consistently um, talk to our daughter about making wise choices. Because she is young, and they don't always make wise choices. My wife was talking to me the other night, and she said, you know what your crazy daughter did? And I said, no, what'd she do this time? She says, she wants to stay up all night long. I said, that is crazy. Tell her to go to bed. (laughs) Because it's a poor choice. She wouldn't be able to function the next day. She had school the next day. But they don't think because we don't also think all the time. That's why this is important. So we can learn to think properly. I think this little fella is about to die, which is okay. I'm done with it anyway. I want to really... think about the Word and the relationship that we build through it. I want to bring us down to this. I want to think about this. It says, we draw here to a close through the Word and through the message this morning, I want to talk to you about that relationship. When I was first saved the gentleman that was responsible for guiding me in the right directions and so I could hear the word properly, he said, if there's one thing you do, he said, I want to really 
encourage you to spend at least a little time in the Word each day. Pray and seek Him. And I thought, well, that's a wise choice. And so I will. I made that commitment to do that. But as a young person, I was busy, and I was focused on other things. So it was just part of my life. But as it grew, I wanted to spend a little more time as I got to understand more and more about the Word. And so it became a habit. And as I spent more time over the years... It became a love. But it wasn't until it became a love to me that I really began to understand and things started falling into place. That's why I say you have to love the Word. And when you love something, you want to spend time in it. Pastor, you love your wife. You want to spend time with her, right? I love my wife dearly, and I want to spend time with her. Well, I love the Word, and I spend a lot of time in it, too, because of that love. And God has given me a deeper understanding because of it. The daily relationship, He'll draw you close to himself, and he will give you that wisdom. He even says so. He says, draw close to me, and I will draw close to you. I'm going to go ahead and turn this off because it's all about to die. Well, maybe. There you go. So, we need to draw close to him. And we can only do it by loving his word. Loving it deep enough to make it the focus of our life. We need the wisdom. We need to love the word. We need to learn that word. We need to Lean on him through his word so we can live the word of God. Is it a desire in your life? Many of them make, many people, most people that are in the church today make it a part of their life. Only few love it to make it the focus of their life. And as it becomes the focus of your life, service becomes automatic. In all the churches that I've been in, the pastor is always saying, about 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Why? 
Where's your relationship? Service becomes an automatic extension of that relationship. It's automatic. Would we be on the field today if we didn't love the Word? No. We're there reaching others as an extension of that relationship. It's automatic. You need to be the spiritual leader as the men in the family need to be the spiritual leader. That's why it's more important for the men to be in the Word, but the women also need to be able to help raise the children. They need to have that wisdom too. And we need to encourage our children to begin young and not wait. But begin a focus in the Word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we bow before your throne, thanking you for the privilege and opportunity to be here. Lord, we ask that you continue to work in us, that we can focus on you through your word. Give us the understanding and the love to be able to learn it and live it, leaning on you through it. Build into us the understanding and the wisdom that you have promised. Keep our eyes on you. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. Appreciate you and Annabelle being uh, representatives for us in the Philippines. I can't imagine. That's the kind of guy you want to support, isn't it? To help. A guy that lives a life like that and, and has a family like that, involved in ministry, and we just appreciate it greatly. Thank you. So much. And you'll be hearing from us. We'll, we'll do some kind of an offering here. We don't know. We'll have to come up and take care of that later, but... Uh, it's a privilege of ours to be a part of Dale and Annabelle's ministry and, and Diana. Of course, Diana always has a. Everybody get um, Dale and Annabelle or Dale and yeah, and Annabelle's prayer letter. Anybody besides Jerry? Well, you need to, you need to get on that mailing list. There, he he gives us a nice update and and right down at the end. Um, Diana always has a, a part to say and what she's been doing and kind of brings you up to snuff with what's going on from her perspective. And, of course, she's heavily involved in ministry, you know, herself. So, um, and what, she's um, 13, is that right? 13, yeah, that's what I thought. And, of course, I remember when Dale was seeking out a wife <laughs> and went to the Philippines and found one. <laughs> and when Diana was born, yeah. <laughs> And how here we are, 13 years later, and she's on the mission field assisting mom and dad in the work of the ministry, and that's a great thing. Thank you for coming by, Dale, and, and uh, sharing those words with us there. Uh, I mean, it's just, this is just so vital to a missionary's life, to a Christian's life, and there, you, you can't escape it. You just cannot escape it. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you once again for bringing people like Dale and Annabelle and their daughter Diana to us. We thank you that you've raised up 
Dale and Annabelle to want to go back to the Philippines and minister there and for the their willingness to serve you in hard-to-reach places, people that are poor and desperate and needy, hungry, and they don't even know for what. And here comes Dale and Annabelle teaching and preaching the gospel, giving them words of life and words of hope. And we we are so grateful for, for our privilege of being a part of their ministry and and doing what little we can to help them on the way. Father, so bless them, we pray, as they leave here in just a couple of weeks to make their way back to their place of ministry. We ask, Father, that you will open paths and doors for them that they haven't even dreamed of yet, places of ministry that they've not even thought of, people whose hearts are there waiting for them to arrive, don't even know they're on their way, but are hungered, a hungered in their soul for something to be lasting and fulfilling in their life. We pray that you give them the power to preach the gospel and teach the gospel in those Bible studies and in those homes when you open those doors for them and make it a a possibility of opening a Bible before them as a family and even giving them Bibles and giving them the word of God and all of the things that they do in their ministry, opening those uh, Bible stories with a with a piece of flannel graph that will just brighten a child's life and give them a deeper, fuller understanding of what they're being taught. Bless them in every respect, we pray. Give them safety in their travels. And as they minister, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.